coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts, we are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, as always, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It's the Week 15 edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We're going to continue our transaction theme that we've Kept going throughout the season, fellas. I know most of these recommendations will probably be tilted slightly towards the offseason and and what we're looking forward to doing as most trade deadlines have passed. Uh, There are some ads, of course, that Dynasty owners that are still in it can uh, can make. Matt, first of all, how would Week 15 treat you in the leagues that you're still alive? Week 15 was a lot better than Week 14 for me i think i went four and nine in week 14 and i went four no in week 15 so far i think so much better this week looking forward to a few titles yeah lots of big scores in week 15 fellas ryan how's how's the week shaking out for you and and how do you how do you see the week play out to this point in week 15 yeah, it's also been kind to me. I think uh, I think I have a pretty good chance to go undefeated in my semifinal uh, matchups as well. So, just like Matt, hoping to bring home some titles next week. Yeah, we want those. We want those titles indeed. I'm alive in five leagues. I uh, have a good shot to win each of them. Uh, my home league that I've won a couple years in a row. I'm really excited about that one. Taking that down three years in a row is really difficult. Salary cap and all that. So uh, excited for a title tilt next week in that one for sure let's talk about these games that happened in week 15 guys and we're going to start on Thursday night I had this one and there you know really there's so much to talk about especially when you're talking about the Baltimore Ravens and that side of the football uh I think we could all talk for an hour about Lamar Jackson and how much we want him on our teams but he's too expensive so we got to dig a little bit deeper we've talked about most of the guys in Baltimore and how their buy lows or at least opportunities to buy those young offensive skill positions so I flipped to the other side I'm gonna go with a very much overlooked player by most dynasty owners I think it's Jamison Crowder and you know some dynasty owners will probably scratch their head and say what the heck why are you talking about the guy that burned me three weeks in a row to the tune of two for 18, two for eight, three for 29. Then I sit him on the bench and then he goes to Baltimore and goes six for 90 and two touchdowns on 11 targets. Well, I'm going to talk about him anyway, just because he is that overlooked guy. He's, he has a history of being a quality slot receiver in the league. He's a free agent in the offseason. If he happens to end up back in New York, he has good chem- chemistry with Sam Darnold, which I like. 
and might be the only guy with that chemistry if he's back. So he's going to be extremely cheap. He's a guy that, you know, that I, I really seek out these types of players, fellas, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. Those guys that are veterans that have been around for a long time, maybe they hit the waiver wire, maybe they're throw-ins on trades, guys that you can put on your roster as a wide receiver six or wide receiver seven for super cheap, and then when you need him in a pinch the next year, he'll come out and get you six catches for 76 yards and might score a touchdown. So if if he's somewhere else, I think I probably want Jamison Crowder on my roster. If he's back in New York, I think he's a guy I want on my roster. We're probably not going to spend a lot of time this offseason talking about him, Ryan. Uh, I just thought it'd be a good opportunity to spend a minute or two on Jamison. Yeah, I think that's a good call, and it's probably a, a good conversation to have or maybe even a whole uh, worthy of a whole show at some point in this offseason because I think there are a lot of players – like Crowder that um, continue to produce and yet also continue to be overlooked uh, in dynasty. And maybe it's because of age or situation, or uh, maybe they're just viewed as, as kind of boring players. Maybe that's the case with Crowder, but I I think it's a good call to uh, pursue him, assuming he is going to be cheap, which I, I agree he will be. Matt, a a guy like, that was in a similar situation a year ago was Cole Beasley. And I think all the guys that, that scooped him up and held him on the roster early this season as he kind of got his feet wet with the Bills and then suddenly needed him through the buys and the injuries that drag an owner down throughout the throughout an NFL season, they were rewarded. And they got him for free a year ago. Crowder could be a guy like this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a guy that I think we recommended back in late October, early November for these these this this nice schedule that the Jets were presumably going to have. And uh, you know, I had I actually did have a couple scenarios like you painted there, Dan, where you know we started him in the good matchups and he got us nothing, and then benched him uh, this week against a bad matchup and he and he you know scores a lot. So um, it was a, it's been a frustrating own for him, but I, I think the talent is great. That team, I just I think Ryan and I've talked about this last week. Maybe is just avoiding certain teams altogether for fantasy, and I think the Jets are one of those games you know so I would hope that he goes somewhere else uh in free agency but I've always liked the player and you know health was a concern for him last year this year he's, he's kind of kept it together and succeeded in spite of that offense in a lot of situations so uh yeah I like Crowder I, I bet I bet you could easily get him for you know if you're a contender pick him up for a late third I bet that's something you could easily get done yeah no doubt and listeners you should look out for that in the offseason that's something something we're definitely going to do those and undervalued valued vets that can win you titles. Those are those are the types of things we're going to cover throughout the offseason. Matt, let's send it back to you for the Seahawks and the Panthers. Who do we want to cover here? I decided to throw out Chris Carson, and, and I want to talk about it with you guys. I'm not necessarily – you know, I want to not necessarily going to hold myself to the cell. I do have him as a cell. You know, he had a big game today, 24 carries, 133 yards and two touchdowns, only one catch on two targets for four yards. Uh, and a lot of that volume, I think, was because of the terrible Rashad Penny injury that happened happened last week. You know, he was starting to come on towards the end of the season, and we were really starting to kind of, you know, use him to pay off that first-round price tag they paid for him. Uh, and now with him out, it's Carson's game again. And, you know, he's going to be on the roster again next year. But I, I, I don't know. I just 
just, I feel like it's time to sell. I think this is like going to be peak value for Chris Carson. You know, obviously if you need him next week in, uh, in your finals, if you're advancing, if you're in a league that still has a, has trading open, you're probably going to want to hold on to him. However, I mean, he's going for 2021st multiple time, times in the trade finder, straight up for Nick Chubb in one instance, and then straight up for Calvin Ridley in one instance. So if I can get this kind of return on Carson and I don't, you know, need him for my finals, I think I'm ready to get out now. Uh, I think next year he probably will be certainly involved in that offense and in the running game and Rashad Penny's injury was late in the season so it's going to be a difficult one to come back from early in 2020 but it just seems like this is probably peak value for Carson and I'm okay getting out right now you know Matt I like this call because I I think more than anything not necessarily this week but maybe flashing forward to February when those trade deadlines or those trade windows open back up and especially if Carson has a nice run through the end of the season with Penny on injured reserve maybe into the postseason he makes a big splash and and keeps having those those big bulldozing runs that we all remember as as all us dynasty eyes are on uh, these football games on Saturdays and Sundays throughout the playoffs that's probably the biggest selling window i agree with you with penny shelved he's going to have a big finish to the season he's going to get lots of opportunities the sell the sell window is is coming if it's not today it's very very soon and i'd be selling carson for any of those packages that you just mentioned yeah i would have i think i would have agreed initially um i'm sorry i would have disagreed initially just because of kind of what i what we were talking about with jameson crowder it, it just seems like it's taken us so long to come around on chris carson as a real viable dynasty asset and uh, it's basically taken him two years um, of holding that job and performing well before we're really valuing him very highly. And still, in our latest in our latest ADP, he's just the RB seventeen. Uh, but then, when when Matt shares these uh, these trades, that's uh, that's what changed my changes my mind pretty quickly. Um, I mean, Nick Chubb and Ridley are slam dunk deals to get those guys for Carson. Uh, and even, even the 2021st alone would certainly be tempting, assuming it's, uh, you know, it's higher than the, maybe the one nine, unless it's the very end of the round. I think that's a slam dunk as well. So hearing some of those deals changes my mind a little bit, makes me agree with you guys. How about the Patriots and the Bengals, Ryan? You had this one. Yeah, this was this was another ugly one. I think we expected it, and uh, and it delivered in that way. I want to talk about John Ross here. Had another quiet game. It's his second game back from injury and missed most of the season. Just two catches for 24 yards today. And I can't believe it, but I think I'm going to recommend John Ross as a buy in Dynasty. You look back to... Uh, none of, if I can interrupt, Ryan, none of us can believe that you're doing that. It's been a long time uh, of just destroying uh, John Ross and, and his value. And um, and he's made it easy up until now because he he has not performed. But this, the first month of the season, when he was healthy, he was the wide receiver 12 before that injury, averaged almost 17 fantasy points per game. You look to next year, and, and I think overall Zach Taylor's done done as good of a job as he can with this team. You have to think they're going to uh, have a quarterback upgrade, most likely. Uh, Joe Burrow will be under center there. Um, From LSU, A.J. Green most likely gone, so that opens up things. Uh, Of course, we haven't seen him on the field, but – but that, you know, that just solidifies the playing time for John Ross and, and for Tyler Boyd as well. 
And then just looking at some recent deals, again, kind of locks this in, I think, is as a good idea. Um, John Ross for Randall Cobb. You know, it, it hurts to even talk about that one, but I would easily give up uh, my boy Cobb for John Ross in a dynasty league. And I, I really think the way to approach it is a, as a package deal. One, one trade I saw that I really liked was selling Jarvis Landry for a first rounder and John Ross. So I, I would, I would probably sell Landry for any first rounder anyway. So to get Ross on top of that is icing on the cake. Okay, Ryan, that's great. Uh, we're going to move on to the Buccaneers and the Lions. Uh, I had this one, guys, and I, the guy I really wanted to talk about because we haven't talked to talked about him all that much this season, and, and he's really on record paces, and that's Jameis Winston. Um, I heard this week on a podcast, I don't want to name it because I might get it wrong, that he's on pace for a top five finish in passing yardage in the history of the NFL, which is really crazy to think. I guess if you watch Jameis every week, you see a lot of stat lines at the end of the week that, or at the end of the game that say 380 yards, 400 yards, 425. This week, 458 yards and four touchdowns. Coming off back-to-back four touchdowns games, it's well-documented that he's unsigned next season and the Buccaneers are mulling their options of what to do at the quarterback position, whether they want to bring Jameis back or move on to another quarterback. It's just... It's time to sell Jameis. He's he's putting up quarterback one numbers, mid-quarterback one numbers. Regularly, Ryan, when you tweet every week and, and name those top 12 scoring quarterbacks, you see Jameis's name, and, and usually it's high. I know in, in week 14, he was a top two option, uh, maybe even – maybe even the top option this week. He's in line to, to be a top two or three option once again, uh, or at least a top two or three scorer. This has become regular. And those of us that have Jameis on rosters and, and all those weapons that are in Tampa Bay have helped him propel him to this mid to high quarterback one. I don't think that's the expectation. I don't think a lot of dynasty owners think that's the expectation going forward, particularly if he moves on from Tampa Bay. I'm not saying he won't be a starter somewhere in the NFL in 2020, but expecting 2019 statistics out of Jameis Winston, whether he's in Tampa Bay or not in the future, that's a big ask. And like I said, a lot of it is because of those weapons. He's got... He's got great weapons to throw the football to. He's playing in a great offense. All those are question marks. We don't know if that's going to be the case going forward. Mike Evans might not be there. Chris Godwin might not be there for him uh, if he moves on. So I, I guess I want to know your guys' thoughts. Matt, Jameis Winston, is he a guy you want as your super flex quarterback one going forward? I don't think I want him as my quarterback one, but I definitely like having him as a as my quarterback two and a super flex. You know, it's a it's a roller coaster with him, but there's no doubt that he puts up these big numbers. Uh, Ryan, I talked about him last week a little bit. I think I'm on I'm on the page that I think he is going to be back in Tampa. I just don't think they have a better option. I think he fits what Bruce Arian wants to do offensively. Uh, Ryan Griffith is not not that for 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 Bruce Arian's offense. So. I, I'm on the, I don't think I would sell, uh, unless I could get, you know, some really good deals. And I haven't looked on the trade finder lately to see what he's going for, but I think I would still want, you know, one and a half first, at least for Winston, if not, if not two first, if I was going to go ahead and get out on him. So I, I think I'm a little more confident than you are. And I do recognize it's a roller coaster with him. He's going to throw four interceptions and no touchdowns one week. Uh, but as a quarterback too, with that kind of upside, I think he's got, you know, weak winning potential for you. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of more in line with Matt. I'm just, I guess what worries me is the return that you can get for Jameis, because I think even though, and this is along the lines of what Matt said, even though he's putting up these crazy numbers, I don't know that he's going to bring a crazy return, even in a super flex league. And, and going back to, <clears throat> excuse me, going back to the stats you were talking about, Dan, he's, he is on pace for over 5,200 yards, uh, which would place him fourth all time. Only, uh, only 11 quarterbacks, or I should say only, uh, five, a quarterback has only passed for over 5,000 yards 11 times. We've got Drew Brees doing that five times, which is which is pretty insane on its own. But uh, Winston is on pace for the, yeah, the fourth most passing yards of all time. Yeah, it's they're crazy numbers. And again, a lot of that can be attributed to the offense he plays in and, and the gunslinger mentality that ha- he ha- has certainly factors in as well. But that those playmakers on the outside are absolutely helping him get to this plateau. I'm, I'm not as confident that he's back in Tampa Bay. Typically you see, you see franchises lock up their franchise quarterback, especially when they're on record paces uh, to put up these kind of numbers. We're just not seeing that there's nobody in Tampa Bay standing at a podium saying Jameis is our guy. And that scares me just a little bit. If Jameis doesn't have those, those weapons, I'm just not sure. Now, again, like Matt said, if you, if you can't get what he's worth, you're probably holding him and just sliding him into that quarterback two spot. If he's your quarterback one, though, I'm certainly looking to add another quarterback to my roster uh, because things could go downhill quickly for Jameis Winston because of that, as I said, gunslinger mentality. Let's move on to the Jaguars and the Raiders, Matt. Darren Waller, eight, out of, eight catches, 10 targets, 122 yards this week. Obviously one of the stories of the year. You know, you probably got him for free off of the waiver wire, you know, in the offseason. You probably – either that or, you know, got him cheaply early on in the season. Um, I think I'm ready to cash out, you guys. Uh, I think he's going to be good going forward, but he is older than we think. He's, you know, 27, going to be 28 next year, which isn't old for a tight end necessarily. But in the trade finder, he's gone straight up for Evan Ingram. For Noah Fant in a 20 21 second. He's gone for two 20 20 seconds. Najoku in a, in, in a first round pick. Darwin Thompson in a first round pick. So I just feel like I would rather drop down. Or, or in the case of Evan Ingram, honestly, I think that is, is, is it, it might be a lateral move, I guess, but I think it's a little bit of a, of a downgrade. Um, but if I can downgrade a little bit down to Fant, uh, sorry, it's an upgrade to Ingram is what I meant to say. Uh, but if, it's, if you can downgrade to say Fant and then pick up another pick and Joe go to pick up another pick, I, I like go ahead and get out on Waller while I can. Uh, I think he is going to be a big part of the offense going forward, but if I can get a, an equivalent guy and pick up a pick like that, I think I'm okay. Uh, you know, diversing myself from that from that share a little bit. Uh, I think he's like a tight end six right now in Dynasty. I think he's my, my six in my rankings. Um, but I think those guys – six to 12 are, are, are a lot closer to Waller than Waller is to that top tier. Yes. I, that was the exact point I was going to make Matt there. There's a tier break there. And although he's on the top of that next tier, he's got a long ways to go to get to, to fill that gap, fill that void. Um, I really like the, the move, the Fant and the 2021 second. That seems like, seems like a really nice move. I like the upside of Fant. Of course, we've talked about him many times. If you can, the the deals that I really am intrigued by are the ones where you see Waller traded because you already have Fant and you you maybe are taking some of that equity and moving it to a more useful position or something like that. 
I think if I have Waller as my second tight end, I'm certainly shopping him this offseason. I'm looking for for the right deal. Um, maybe if you're in, you're in a tight end premium where you're where you're able to play multiple tight ends, that changes things. That obviously adds a lot of value to Darren Waller. But if he's my second tight end, or or if I have another guy close to that mid tight end range, those guys that you mentioned there, Matt, I'm I'm willing to move on for sure as well. Ryan, let's talk about the Bears and the Packers. You have one that we'll have a good debate over, I feel. I hope so. We've we've had a conversation about this guy uh, in the past several weeks or so. We we tried to, and Matt uh, Matt no showed on us. So let's talk about Aaron Rodgers once again. Uh, and as I did a month ago or so, I would recommend to sell Aaron Rodgers. He had 203 passing yards, one touchdown today as they got the win. You look at his his weekly finishes over the season, and it really has been all or nothing with Rodgers. He has four games where he was the top three finisher for the week. Obviously very impressive and uh, one of the few players who can say that. Uh, that was against the Eagles, the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Giants. Other than those four games, though, you look at the other, the other 10, and he only has one other game as uh, inside the top 15 of weekly quarterbacks. So it's four games inside the top three, all of the rest of them as quarterback 17 or worse, except for one quarterback 12 weeks. So it, it really, I know as an Aaron Rodgers owner in Dynasty Leagues, it's been frustrating uh, you find those good weeks and it's great. You you feel like you're back uh, five years ago or so, but every other week it's just been it's been disappointment. He's still quarterback six in ADP, which is uh, at least five or six spots higher than I would have him in my own rankings. And looking at a couple of recent trades, uh, two that uh, that I liked over the past couple weeks, Aaron Rodgers and Golden Tate for Jarvis Landry and Drew Brees. I think you're. Uh, of course, Breeze is, is a little bit older, but basically even quarterback production, uh, maybe even getting a quarterback upgrade and, and a big wide receiver upgrade there. And then Rodgers for two second rounders and Dwayne Haskins. You know, say what you want about Dwayne Haskins, but I think even getting two second rounders for Rodgers is probably a win at this point. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm I'm going to be selling Aaron Rodgers everywhere I can. You know, we all play in a lot of super flex leagues, and it's hard. It's difficult to trade a quarterback in those types of leagues for sure, unless you're getting a quarterback in return. And Rodgers, at this point in his career, is one of the players that I'm willing to move on, even without getting the quarterback in return. I'll figure it out in the future. You mentioned those stat lines and how up and down it's been. The worst part about Aaron Rodgers in 2019 is he's had those lock, stock, and barrel big game opportunities playing an awful defense, much like he did a week ago when he no-showed against the Redskins. And then he he just comes up small, and you're expecting the big number, and he just hasn't come through. In Week 15 against Chicago on Sunday, 16 for 33 for 203 yards, one touchdown. He didn't throw an interception and did run for 23 yards. But even though that Bears defense is good, you are expecting more. You're hoping for more. And coming off those those really poor performances, the Washington game, I know against Carolina, a lot of people had high hopes for Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't throw a touchdown in that game. The Chargers game was a disappointment all in all for the Packers, even Aaron Rodgers. There's just so many games where 
you're expecting that big number and it just hasn't come. I was also looking looking through the trade tool, Ryan, and there was one that really jumped out to me. Somebody in a two-quarterback league, so not even a super flex, 10-team two-quarterback traded Aaron Rodgers for A.J. Brown and a pair of second-round picks. That seems like a slam dunk, even not getting that quarterback back in the trade in a two-quarterback league. A.J. Brown's worth a high first. Those two seconds together are probably worth a late first. That's like getting two firsts. That's stealing. Yeah, I'm not going there with you guys. Uh, I'm not as strong of a buyer on him as I was when I missed that that last show, uh, but I still think he's a buy. Uh, my, my my biggest concern with selling Iron Rodgers right now is I think if, if we look at the Breeze and Brady's in a week, I think we can all agree that he's in that kind of tier of quarterbacks that we're we're giving up three to five years of of good to great production uh, for so for two second in a super flex league, I'll pay two seconds for that all day. Uh, this this year, this offense has been very frustrating, but we have to remember that the weapons surrounding him right now in the passing offense are just terrible. Marcus Valdez Scantlin dropped a long t- catch today. Geronimo Allison is terrible. All he really has is Devontae Adams and those running backs right now. Hopefully, Jay, Jay Sternberger can de- develop. Hopefully, they focus on that in the draft or free agency. Uh, so, I just think with some better weapons, we're going to see some bigger games from them. This is also the first year in this offense. And it just seems like right now, this team only wants to do exactly what they need to do to win. Uh, and I, I told Ryan before you got on here, Dan, that this is the most boring 11 and 3 team <laughs> ever that I could remember. Just they, they do exactly what they need need to do to win there's mistakes along the way but uh, they never really have that big offensive output and I don't know if that's by design or it's just because it's the first year in the offense or whatever whatever it is or lack of weapons in the receiving game uh, but I, I still have faith in Rodgers being productive for the next three or four years and I'm happy to pay two seconds for that pretty easily yeah I guess if you can get it for two seconds and you need that guy to fill the quarterback two spot I, I don't hate that um, capitalizing and getting anything more than that feels like a huge win uh, and and maybe the last opportunity we're going to get to to get that kind of return for Rodgers, Ryan. Yeah, I think so, and and I do think Matt makes a good point. If if we're seeing Rodgers being valued in the Breeze, Brady, Rivers, Roethlisberger tier, I, I almost said Tony Romo. If we're seeing him valued <laughs> in in that, I think he's still in that tier. He, he's. <laughs> They're not, they're worth about the same. (laughs) Right. But no, if, if he's being valued in that tier now, especially in a one quarterback league, then I agree with, with Matt. I would not only would I be uh, not selling him, but I would be buying him. But I think the difference is uh, we've seen those guys produce for basically the past three or four years uh, with, with very little trade or very little draft value. And, and I think Rodgers still has that. I think you can still find the owner in your league who thinks he's a top five quarterback. So that's, that's what I would be trying to do uh, very soon, as, as soon as I could. Absolutely. Capitalize on that if you can. I'll be doing that this offseason. Another guy I'll be trying to make a move on this offseason is Noah Fant. I had the Broncos and the Chiefs game. And although it was an ugly one, unless you like Games in the snow, I guess. It was lopsided with the Chiefs doing all the damage. Broncos didn't get a whole lot going, but there were a couple of sparks throughout the game, and they came from Noah Fant. I, I like what this kid is doing. I liked him coming out. I think it's safe to say that all three of us liked him to some extent. And recently, especially, well, since about week nine, he's been a little bigger part of the offense. He's had a couple of 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 games with more than just a handful or just a few targets. And although he hasn't had that 
just monster game, the maybe the multi-touchdown game or the touchdown with six, seven, eight catches, he's he's had flashes. He looks like that seam stretcher that we saw at Iowa, the guy that could get down the middle of the field and make plays. Also, the guy that if you use him correctly and, and get him touches around the line of scrimmage can make a few players miss uh, and get extra yardage after the catch. Now, on Sunday, just two catches, but 56 yards on three targets, missed a good chunk of the game because of an injury he suffered on a big play. Um, he's, he seems like a big part of that offense. It's, it's, it really feels odd to me, fellas, because I, it feels like I should be buying Fant. It really feels like I should be buying Cortland Sutton as well. These guys need more targets. They need better quarterback play. I don't know how much faith I have in John Elway or any of that front office or really anybody in Denver to put a quarterback in place for these guys. But this offense in the short term is going to run through those two players. And every time I watch Noah Fant make a catch on the field, I think to myself, I want him on as many dynasty teams as I possibly can. He's electrifying. He's a big play waiting to happen at the tight end position. And especially in leagues that value the tight end position. I'm talking about leagues where you have to start more than one leagues with tight end premium scoring. Noah Fant is a guy you're going to want in 2020 and beyond. I was looking at the trade finder, lots of odd trades straight up for golden Tate. What the heck was that all about? Mm. Uh, Noah Fant for Will Disley in a fifth just happened. That seems awfully odd. A few more reasonable ones. Fant for Tyler Eifert, Tariq Cohen, Dante Pettis, and a fourth. So uh, you take all my trash, and I get your late first or early second from last year that has a lot of upside. Fant for Emmanuel Sanders. Fant Fant and T.Y. Hilton for David Johnson and Dawson Knox. Take my junk. I'll take your good stuff. Fant for a second straight up. I'm doing that. I'm doing all those deals. I want Noah Fant, guys. Wow. I I want Noah Fant as well. I I want him... Uh, even more now that I see some of these deals, I, I know we can, you know, we can pick and choose from the trade finder, uh, because there's all kinds of leagues out there and, um, they're they're not all like the leagues we play in. Let's just say that, but this, this is too many, too many wonky trades to not really be pursuing this very quickly. Yeah, and that that was kind of my point. That's why I rattled off six of them rather than just just a couple. Uh, and obviously, you do kind of pick and choose the ones because there were a couple where where you know somebody gave up a first for Fant, and it felt like, well, you got to really love Fant to give up a first or whatever. But it it just seems like there's to use your word, they're too wonky to avoid. So so go get Noah Fant and and do it quick because apparently people aren't watching the Broncos. Matt, you had the Rams and the Cowboys. This was another lopsided game in week 15. Who are we going to talk about here? It's time to talk about Todd Gurley again, you guys. 11 carries for just 20 yards. He did get that touchdown. So if, if you're still playing in touchdown-only leagues, I think Gurley is is probably still like a like a second-round startup pick, maybe, because <laughs> he always seems to find the end zone. But he is just not himself. He's not getting the yardage. He's not as involved in the passing game as he has been in the past. Uh, so I, I think any first-round pick, which happened in the in the trade finder multiple times, I'm, I'm ready to get out on Todd Gurley. Also, uh, DK Metcalf straight up multiple times. That seems like it seems like a weird one that would happen a lot, but uh, I, I will take that. I think DK DK Metcalf is probably 
you know, in that mid first range right now. And, and Gurley, I would, I would get out for a late first. So I'll take that. And then both Cortland Sutton and Darius Slayton for Todd Gurley, two great prospects at wide receiver uh, for a running back that seems like he's, you know, definitely on the decline. So uh, if you can still get those kind of deals for Gurley, I think we have to go ahead and take that right now. This just seems to me like the exact same conversation that we had with Aaron Rodgers. The exact same. Uh, I think there's people still out there that value him as a top, you know, top 10 running back based on that name value, based on his t- touchdown production this year. But if you've really watched him or, or not even have watched him, but just look at his numbers outside of those touchdowns, they're not good. Um, so, yeah, if <laughs> selling at these prices is unreal. Uh, I can't believe somebody's giving up DK Metcalf or Cortland Sutton plus for him. But uh, those those are easy deals to make. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy with Gurley, and I agree it is a similar conversation. I think dynasty owners that have Gurley or have supported Gurley, especially since late last season when all that injury stuff happened, we've all been extended an olive branch here with these touchdowns. He's He's got double-digit scores, 10 on the ground, another couple uh, through the air, including one against Dallas on Sunday, and Frankly, that's saving his fantasy value, the running back 12 coming into the week. That probably goes up after a horrible performance because of the two touchdowns he scored against Dallas. I'm, I'm going to try to sell Gurley as well, but are, are you really selling for less than those trades that you mentioned there, Matt? It's, it's hard to give up on him if you're not giving that, getting that first round value. I'm, I'm not sure if there's... Unlike with the Rodgers conversation, I'm not convinced there's a girly supporter in every league that's going to give you a first-round pick or something of similar value right now for Todd Gurley, considering how he's played. Hasn't hit 100 yards this year. I was counting. I think he's only hit 80 yards three times on the season. It's really odd, but 97 yards twice and 95 yards once. And that's it. Lots of 18 for 41 and 10 for 44 and 6 for 22. Those types of rushing lines mixed in with only two, three, four targets in the passing game. One, two, three catches. That's not the Todd Gurley we've been used to in the past. Again, I I think this is one last chance to get something for Gurley while he's putting up the numbers because it doesn't seem like it's going to last all that long. I want to know why why we can't get Daryl Henderson on the field. I mean, it's, it's not like Gurley's being ultra productive here. I just, is he that terrible in the locker room? Is he really that bad at picking up the playbook? He's being used on special teams, but he, he's literally getting nothing for this offense for, for a team that moved up to get him. So I don't know if that we should be concerned about that, or maybe they're just making him sit, making him red shirt here. I don't, I don't know. To be fair, the offensive line is awful. It's really bad, which, which is a feather in Gurley's cap, I guess, maybe, um, if he has no r- room to run, neither will Henderson, neither will anybody else, I guess. Um, maybe maybe they just feel like Gurley, the veteran, um, he, he can, he's been there and done that, and he, they know what to expect from Gurley. Uh, they are, I guess, still in the playoff race, so, you know, put your starters on the field. It was odd to me. Gurley was on the field for the last drive of that game, down 37 to 13 or 14, whatever it was. Um, that was really odd to me. I figured they'd get Gurley off the field, and maybe that was your chance to get the young guy into the game. Ryan, let's talk about the Dolphins and the Giants if we have to. If we have to. Let's let's talk about Darius Slayton. We've done this a little bit on the past 
a few shows. Really just just want to have a conversation about him and where his value is now. Um, and, and I'm kind of torn what I want to do with him. I, I think I want to buy him because I still think his his value, his trade value is not matching his uh, his production. He's the wide receiver 17 since week five. So that's not uh, that's not a small sample size situation. We're talking about uh, basically two full months. He's performed as a solid wide receiver too. Uh, just two catches for 31 yards and a touchdown this week, but he had the huge game last week against the Eagles with a couple of touchdowns. Uh, in our latest ADP though, it's not... Uh, he, he's not gaining much traction, just the wide receiver 61 in December ADP. And of course that, uh, that was before last week's big game, but, uh, well, after some of the uh, strong performances he's had, the trades are really all over the place. Darius Slayton and, and Stefan Diggs for Juju Smith Schuster in a second. Uh, I, th- I think that's a close one. I might be uh, I might be blinded on that one a little bit. Slayton and Cortland Sutton for Todd Gurley. Uh, that I think, I think somebody else. I think Matt mentioned that same deal and and still a slam dunk. I, I want the Sutton side there and and Darius Slayton. Slayton and a three for a second is an easy deal. And then another easy one I think Slayton and Sammy Watkins for Sony Michelle and Tyrell Williams. So. So most of those. Do I have to take Watkins in that one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most of those trades tell me that it is the time to buy Darius Slayton, but I, I think he could definitely be, uh, he could be a product of some late season hype, which we have seen uh, really take over a player's off season value. I'm thinking about Dante Pettis last year. He ended the season on a similar hot streak, and we have seen how that goes. Of course. It doesn't always go that way, but the, I, we just have to be careful. So really wanted to see what you guys are thinking about Slayton now. You know, I, I like Slayton as a buy as well. And you mentioned that sometimes the Pettis thing happens, but but there are other times, you know, recently I've been thinking about Anthony Miller from last year and how hot he was at the beginning of, of the season and throughout the preseason and, and training camp and all that. And it kind of faded through the year and that never picked up as he got hurt. And now he's had this resurgence again. And I'm thinking to myself, why wasn't I buying Anthony Miller? Why wasn't I actively trying to pursue him? So I think there's two sides of the coin there. And Darius Slayton, we we don't really know what he's going to do going forward. I think maybe that depth chart might help his value for those that are kind of thinking about trying to make a move on him in the offseason because Sterling Shepard is there, because even Evan Ingram is there, of course, and, and Golden Tate, we'll see what happens there if he remains on that roster. But because there's so many other names, with I didn't even mention Saquon Barkley, in that offense, maybe he gets lost, lost in the shuffle, so, so perhaps that buying window extends into the offseason. We'll see if any of that happens. I guess it probably depends how he plays over the last couple of weeks as well. Slayton's certainly a guy that moved, moved up my rankings and a guy that if you were to do rookie rankings today and compare them to when you were drafting this past uh, spring, you would say, what the heck was I thinking? How did I miss on this guy? Yep, I agree. He's a buy. Any, I think I, I would pay pretty much, a content, if I'm a contender and I can get it, get him for a second round pick, I, I like that. Uh, was it, what, third, fourth round pick in, in rookie draft? So I'm happy to pay that slight premium to go ahead and get this guy. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's performed with Eli Manning. He's performed with Daniel Jones. 
uh, on a bad team. So I, 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 there's not much there not to like, to be honest with you. There's no real alpha receiver there. Talk about Sterling Shepard. I like him fine, but uh, you know, he's not going to take, you know, a 30% target share in this offense. So certainly could bring in a guy and they probably will. They probably should. Uh, but he seems to have a nice rapport with both Jones and Eli's probably gone. Uh, but seems like he could he could do well there, uh, no matter who's at quarterback, and he's he's kind of shown that this year. You brought up Dante Pettis, that that hurts a lot because <laughs> I love Dante Pettis. So hopefully that doesn't happen to Slayton too. Um, uh, yeah, let's let's buy Slayton, guys. I'm I'm on board, of course. Uh, Ryan, I had the Falcons and the 49ers game, and I chose to talk about a Falcon. I will give you two guesses who I want to talk about, so but weird. you will only need one. Let's hear it. Let's hear the Calvin Ridley talk. Calvin Ridley. Let's go get him, guys. This injury is a blessing, really. I have him on so many teams already, and if I could buy him in more, I would. His numbers so far this or for the season, really, 63 catches, 866 yards, seven touchdowns. Almost a mirror image of his rookie numbers in three less games. He had 93 targets. He had 92 a year ago. 63 catches, 64 a year ago. 866 yards, 821 a year ago. Seven touchdowns this year, 10 a year ago. He's consistent. He's continuing to put up numbers. He plays in a good offense. And he was coming on in the last six weeks. Really big games coming through for fantasy owners that needed him. Multiple six, seven, eight catch games scored in three of four. Really, since the buy, since the trade of Mo Sanu has been the guy that we, we all wanted him to be. The, Ryan, you said earlier, it's easy to go through the trade finder and pick the ones that matter. These are the last seven dynasty trades for Kelvin Ridley, all of which since Ridley went on IR. Straight up for Chris Carson, gimme Ridley. Ridley and a third for Devin Singletary, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, and a second. Gimme Ridley. Straight up for Tyrell Williams and two-thirds. What the heck's going on there? Gimme Ridley, easily. Ridley, Darren Fells in a first for Julio and Didi Westbrook. So pretty much Ridley in a first for Julio. You're going to give me the first on top of it? Give me Ridley. Ridley and two seconds for Julio. So Ridley in a late first for Julio. Give me Ridley. Ridley, Chase Edmonds, and... Jalen Samuels for Allen Robinson and Royce Freeman. That's a little bit closer because Allen Robinson is still a little bit younger and a quality receiver, certainly a guy you want on your teams. Give me Ridley anyway. And then straight up for Tyler Boyd in a second. A lot of people like like Tyler Boyd. I do too. Give me Ridley. All these deals. These are the last seven people that have happened in Dynasty for Calvin Ridley. I'm not handpicking anything, and they're all in favor of the Ridley side. I don't know if the injury and him going on eye created this weird little Pandora's box that made a buying window for Kelvin Ridley, but if it's there, you should be taking advantage. I hope it extends into the seasons because the couple of leagues where somebody sniped me because they listened to the DLF Dynasty podcast two years ago and they picked him right in front of me, I'm going to try to get him if there's a window to get him. Yeah, I think the the Julio Jones trades, uh, you mentioned two of them there. I think those are the most interesting, and, and I do agree with you, even though I'm not the, the, the same level Ridley supporter that you are. Uh, I, I do agree that those are all, I would, I would choose Ridley, the Ridley side on all of those deals. But I think the Julio conversation is most interesting since they are teammates, and it's one that we've had recently on the Dynasty Blueprint as well. I think I want Ridley even up head to head. If we're talking about starting a new dynasty league today for, for 2020, I would prefer to take Ridley over Julio Jones. And then when you look at their ADP, 
and Jones is the wide receiver 10 and uh, Ridley's the wide receiver 17. And we're talking about um, a, a two to three round gap between those two. It becomes a, a, an easy choice to make. I don't know if I'm there straight up. I, I, I just don't think you have to, you know, I think you can get some kind of premium on top of yeah. Ridley for, for Julio. Um, so I don't think I would do it straight up, but I, I like the idea for sure. If I can get two seconds or the first on top of really for Julio, I'm, I'm definitely on that. Uh, I do think he, Julio might be end up being a buy this off season though. I think his, his, his ADP is definitely going to decrease as he's going to be that, you know, above, he's going to be above 30. So he's hit that cliff. Uh, and we've seen, again, these elite receivers continue to produce. I'm sure he could certainly have an A.J. Green-like season uh, where he just doesn't show up at all. But, you know, the talk all season has been that the, the Falcons are going to reinvest in, in him. So uh, I don't know. I think I, I think I know we're not talking about Julio, but I think he, Julio might be a buy this offseason for me. Yeah, he may be. I, I don't mind that. I, I'm certainly not against adding Julio Jones to your roster, although – Right around the Super Bowl, he is going to turn 31 years old, which is a red flag, no doubt. The thing, like Ryan said, in the same offense with the same quarterback, uh, all the things that we like about Julio's offense and, and the place that is that that he's in, you have to really like about uh, Kelvin Ridley. And and our game is about projecting forward. And, and I would much rather take the guy who is is on an upswing that is 24 years old and soon to be 25 than the guy who's 31. I'm I'm taking Ridley straight up, although just like you guys, if you if you don't have to, why would you? Uh, if you can get icing on the cape, go get your icing for sure. Matt, I felt like I brought it with the Ridley conversation, so I expect <laughs> you to do the same with Browns and Cardinals. The same gusto. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, I don't feel nearly, nearly as strong about this player as as you do about uh, about Calvin Ridley. I don't know if I feel str- as strong about anything in life in general as you do about <laughs> Calvin Ridley. If I'm, if I'm being perfectly honest, Dan, <laughs> uh, I went with Kenyon Drake, and this is a weird one because before the, I, I kind of signed up for this game before Kenyon Drake had his massive game today: twenty two carries, one hundred thirty seven yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, and I wrote him down as a buy just because of what I saw in the trade finder. And, you know, him, him not having a, you know, him do it, performing pretty well up until today, but uh, certainly not this huge explosive output that he had today uh, for the Cardinals yet this season. So I wrote him as a buy because in the trade finder we had uh, deals. And again, not really cherry picking uh, Disley in a 2021 second, a 2023 and fourth for Drake. Uh, Stafford and a 2022nd for Drake and Sanders in a one quarterback league. So these prices, I, I want to buy Drake at, but right now, maybe off of this game, you know, I don't, I don't know how much one game is going to affect his value, especially since it's happening at the end of the season here, you guys. So I, I guess I want to hear from you. Uh, where, where are you? Do you want to buy Drake, or do you, do you think off of this performance you want to sell now? What are you guys doing with him? What I really like about Kenyon Drake is that he's shown already in his, what, six or seven games with the Cardinals that he can be that between the tackles guy. He can he can handle the 20 touches in a game. But what we've all, always known about Drake is that he's a pass catcher. And, and since really arriving in Arizona, he hasn't killed you if you've had him in your fantasy if you have him in your starting lineup, he hasn't really killed you. Even in those games where he's 10 for 35, he still catches six passes. In those games where he goes 16 for 67, he caught six passes. 
really only one real dud in the in the stretch since he's arrived in Arizona. Now the big question mark, of course, is is he going to be back there? Will he get that same workload? If he's somewhere else, will somebody else give him that kind of workload? We don't know the answers to those questions. I'm certainly buying if the price is a third round pick or or what do you say a third and a fourth round pick. That doesn't seem all that bad just to take the chance on a on a coaching staff out there wanting to invest in him and make him the guy in their offense. I'm not convinced he's going to get that opportunity though. So spending more than that seems like a risky play to me. Yeah, I think if you can if you are in a league where the trade deadline has uh, or maybe where you don't have a trade deadline at all, or or maybe even trades have opened back up if if the playoffs are nearing an end. I think I would try to strike while we can and sell Kenyon Drake. And really, all I'm basing that on, I'm sure the trade finder will will give us some new data in, in the coming days. But all I'm basing that on is some conversation I saw on Twitter during uh, his his big game today. And basically people talking about how high do we take this guy in redraft next year? Do we take him in the second round? And when I start to see those conversations, I know the perception is changing. And I know it went from, I might be able to get a second for this guy to, I can start aiming for a first rounder. And, and again, it's all about, uh, it's all about finding the right trade partner. Yeah, I think if you can get a first, it's obviously a sell. I, I think probably a second, a contender second. I'm still willing to pay that price if you can get him from there. But yeah, a first, I think that's slam dunk. Hmm. I'm no way. I, I've been a Drake supporter since all the way back in Alabama. Was super excited when the Dolphins spent a high pick on him. I'm not spending a first round pick on Kenyon Drake. Uh, way too many crush, question marks and red flags, no doubt. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about the Eagles and the Redskins. There were so many ugly games on Sunday, weren't there? <laughs> this was oh, this was one of them. Um, look, I want to look at a guy who I did not know much about coming into the season. Uh, Dan, you talked at the beginning of the show about some long-term ads, not just looking at with these last couple weeks in mind, and, and this would be one of those. Uh, I want to look at the uh, Stephen Sims, the rookie receiver, and the Redskins have, have a bunch of rookie receivers, and, and it gives me a little bit of hope that – uh, along with Terry McLaurin, a couple of these guys, either Sims or uh, Kelvin Harmon, maybe both, will be the future of the Redskins' uh, receiving core. He had five catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown today. 11 targets was the thing that really caught my attention. He had uh, he led the team in targets. I, I would assume he's on almost every waiver wire. I think even in the deeper leagues that we play in, he is out there and available in most leagues. So this is a guy I would, I would try to add this week, see how the next couple weeks go for the Redskins, see what types of moves they make in free agency and the draft. You may end up cutting him before, uh, before training camp even opens. But if you've got a roster spot, if you're dropping one of those roster cloggers, this might be a guy to add and see what happens. Yeah, I like that for sure. I wrote about Steven Sims Jr. in, I think, week six in the Rookie Report card. And, you know, I really didn't know a whole lot about him before I wrote that article. So I had to go back and, and study him just a little bit. Uh, really interesting player, the, that speedy, small receiver that that can get on top of a defense really fast and and had, had some he, – he was called the – a, a poor man's hardman uh, in the draft, although he went undrafted. So, you know, like 
a return man that has the ability to turn a quick bubble screen into a long touchdown or get on top of a defense. Those are the kind of guys that can make big plays for your fantasy team. So if, if you got, I like what you said there, Ryan, if you got a roster spot, certainly he's worth the last spot on that roster. Matt, how about the Vikings and the Chargers? Who do we have there? This is a guy who we were selling last offseason based on a, top, a wide receiver one performance with his teammate Savon Diggs, and that's Adam Thielen. He's been you know hampered by this hamstring injury all season long and has just really not looked like himself. Savon Diggs has had several outbursts this season. You know that those hundred plus yards, two touchdown kind of games and. I think a lot of that maybe is because Thielen has not been available or certainly hasn't been himself today. Only three catches on three targets for 27 yards. Honestly, they really didn't need him after what they did to the Chargers today. Um, but I think he has slid over to that buy category for me based on this value drop from from last offseason. Right now in the trade finder, 2021 second and Shepard. Uh, sorry, uh, Thielen in a 2021 second for Shepard in a 2023. I like both of those assets better on the Thielen side. And Superflex, Thielen and Dalton uh, was, was received for Darwin Thompson in a 2021 second. Uh, Kyle Rudolph uh, and Sterling Shepard for him. And, and then some a couple that I think we can probably throw out. I wrote these out just for fun because I have really I have no idea what was happening here. But a 2024th round pick straight up for Adam Thielen. That seems really excessive. Uh, and then Dan just wrote an expletive on the show sheet. Uh, for this one, which is Thielen and DK Metcalf for for Chase Edmonds and Trey Burton, which I really don't know what's going on. There's obviously throw out those last two trades, but still, I think this is a veteran receiver that is going to be productive for at least another year or two. He is going to turn 30 next year when the season starts. Uh, uh, so he, you know, it's probably a one or two year play here, but if we can get him for these cheap prices, you know, I think Sterling Shepard straight up for him. I would certainly send Shepard for Thielen at this point uh, pretty easily. And then these other deals as well so you know if he's at that in, in, a, in a reasonable league if he's in that second round pick right now late second round if you're a contender I think he makes for an interesting buy right now to see what happens next year he's signed with them the offense is re- going to remain relatively intact and and they have had some steps this year with Dalvin Cook taking a step forward and, and remaining healthy for most of the year not today uh, but so so I, th- I think I like the direction this offense is going Cousins say what you will want about him but he, he's shown that he can support two wide receivers so uh, if he's going to continue to to drop in value this offseason as veterans often do, then I really like Thielen as a buy heading into 2020. Yeah, I don't mind Thielen as a buy for sure. He's going to turn 30 during the preseason next year. So, you know, obviously on the wrong side of 30 after after that point. Um, these hamstring injuries with guys in their late 20s and 30s, you never know if they'll, they'll creep up and, and become a regular thing. Uh, so that's a concern for sure, but the price has certainly dropped. So he's he's probably a buy for me as well. One last game to cover, fellas. We had the Texans taking on the Titans. Ryan, you had this one, and I saved this one for last on our show sheet for a reason. Yeah, I think another player we just have to talk about, and, and we'll kind of see what everybody wants to do with him. But A.J. Brown, rookie wide receiver for the Titans, uh, has really just blown up. Uh, he he's certainly shown flashes throughout the season, but this last month has really just gone crazy. He actually over the past four games is the wide receiver one overall uh, in that month long span, three games over a hundred yards during that time, including today's uh, performance, eight catches, 114 yards and a touchdown. I saw a tweet. I believe it was from Adam Schefter that said, uh, the last time a rookie receiver went over 100 yards three times in a four-game span 
was Odell Beckham Jr. back in 2014. So some good company there. I've seen some other similar stats placing Brown uh, with other uh, very successful receivers of the past few years based on some different numbers. So uh, basically everything we're seeing, including uh, his performance on the field, is very impressive. It's crazy to think that uh, not too long ago, we were debating A.J. Brown versus Corey Davis as the as the wide receiver one for that team. Uh, no debate there anymore. In our December ADP, Brown was just the wide receiver 29. I think kind of like Slayton, dynasty players are uh, being a little slow, at least the, the ones who are participating in our mocks may be being a little slow in, in coming around on, on these young guys. He's my wide receiver 13 in dynasty rankings. Uh, easily the highest at DLF, and uh, I feel I feel just fine about that. Uh, the trade value is is certainly coming around. Uh, the the best one I liked was AJ Brown for a first and a second. I would certainly do that deal. Uh, the others were I, I thought all pretty fair. Um, you're going to have to pay up if you want to get him. But as I mentioned, he's he's pretty high on my rankings. So if I can trade a guy like uh, Keenan Allen or Stefan Diggs, if I can get anything back on top of those, uh, I would love to do that. If not, I'll give those guys even up for Brown. Yeah, okay, we're we're sharing a brain on this one, Ryan, because I, I was kind of hoping that's where you were going. Th- those are the exact kind of players I would be, if, if, if I'm looking at those guys in my lineup as my wide receiver too, I'd much rather see the upside of A.J. Brown compared to knowing what we have with those guys like Stephon Diggs and even Keenan Allen, who we've all been fans of in the past. A.J. Brown is untapped potential that size that can move that quickly and it just looks like a freak really out there. I, you know, he's listed at six one, but he looks six six out there. And he it says he's two hundred and twenty six pounds, which I'm about two hundred and twenty pounds. He looks twice the size of me and, and could jump over me for sure and I'm six four. So it 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 just feels to me like and you mentioned it, Ryan the dynasty community is slowly coming around on AJ Brown. If we can capitalize on this, now's the time to do it. Yeah. We, we talked earlier about what we saw with Pettis last year, what we could see with, with maybe some others, uh, Slayton or or whoever you want to talk about this year. It happens every year that the season ends and we just have these conversations, whether it's with our league mates or on message boards or on Twitter or on Facebook, wherever, wherever your community is, we have these conversations and, and they build and we talk ourselves into players and we look back at, at numbers and clips and, and whatever it might be. And we see these guys gain value and really gain hype without doing anything in, in February and March and April. And it's going to be AJ Brown this year. He's going to be, um, he's going to be probably a third round startup pick would be my guess um, by, by the spring. And we're going to see uh, we're going to see his trade value go along with that. So if you are a believer in him, the earlier in the offseason you can trade for him, the better by the draft time, like by the NFL draft, you may not even be able to do a Diggs or Keenan Allen trade for him. I, you know, it might be might be considered underhanded a little bit, but reminding the A.J. Brown owner of the of the of how Pettis's value completely tanked after his breakout last year. That might be part of the negotiation. <laughs> Go ahead and try that, I guess. Uh, it's going to be hard to trade for A.J. Brown, no doubt. 
So that's going to do it for this edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. For Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week.